Hey, hey, it's Andy Anders, and welcome everybody to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxinian family. As always, we are off the heels of another basketball game from the Houston Cougars, number five, Houston, and they just picked up their biggest win of the season up to this point, going up, traveling up to Charlottesville, Virginia, and knocking down number two, the number two Cavaliers in hostile territory, an impressive performance from freshman Jarris Walker at 17 points, seven rebounds, Marcus Sasson, Jermon Mark, each added 13 points, and Jawan Roberts also got into double figures with 10 points, and Jamal Shedd finished with 11 points and four assists, but before we get into game specifics, joining me as always, Chris Gardner of the Houston Roundball Review, Dayon Dunlap. How are you two doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? All is well. All is well, man. All is well. It, it could be better if it wasn't for Delta, but we'll leave that on another note. But let's get right no, no, into no, it. Like quick, I mentioned, Andy, real quick, explain what happened because you're not. At the game, let them know what happened. I'm not in the game due to windshield wipers from a Delta flight. Apparently, well, it was raining when the plane was supposed to take off in Houston late afternoon on Friday afternoon, Friday, December 16th. Because of those wipers, because it was raining, it's a federal law for them to be working. It did not work on the plane. And apparently, it was a motor issue on the part of Delta Airlines that would take hours to fix. Long story short, the flight was delayed until... I believe I was still getting alerts that it got pushed back to seven in the morning this this Saturday morning. And yeah, there was no point. There was no chance that I would be able to make it to the game. So instead, we watch it on TV, but it's okay. We're rocking with the punches because at the end of the day, like you always say, Chris, modern technology, where are you currently, Chris? Because you're not in your usual spot. Right. I'm in Dallas at Dallas Hotel. I'm here for a quadruple hitter tomorrow, college basketball involving uh, Baylor and Texas women's hoops, as well as Stanford, USC, Arizona, and Washington State. And that just goes to show it doesn't matter where we are. This show will continue and it will carry. But before we do, we do want to give a shout out to our sponsors because you see right there in the middle, we have a new sponsor on today's episode. But we'll start with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind those star pizza commercials that you saw. If you saw if you were with us during the football portion of Let's Rage Cougs, they, you know, the Anthony Jones Sackaff commercial that air sponsoring Star Pizza or promoting Star Pizza, which is another one of our sponsors for today's episode. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976 with multiple locations across the Houston area. Right now, after a big Cougs win, I'm sure you guys, a lot of fans are hungry. Make sure to stop by Star Pizza if you're in a mood for some uh, awesome pizza and then check it out. But the debut in their show here in Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxinian family, sponsor. Uh, Sponsor of today's episode, H-O-U-N-I-L, who will be a season-long sponsor. H-O-U-N-I-L.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and families. H-O-U-N-I-L helps the Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. Athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe. Plans start at just $20 a month, and that money goes to straight to the UH Athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind one content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on the national st- stage. Be sure to subscribe at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. Once again, that's H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And as always, 
go Cougs. But on that note, let's get right into the game specifics because like I mentioned at the top of the show, Jairus Walker, he really, I know it's something that we've been talking about the last few episodes in regards to really his aggressiveness and being able to be much more of a force on the offensive side of things. And he did that tonight against the Cavaliers and he had a really strong showing. He was more comfortable. I mean, to everybody, looked like to us, to teammates, folks watching the game anywhere. He took 11 shots, which I would assume, having checked the season totals for him, is a season high for him, 11 field goal attempts. He made six. He had a great step back shot. He was aggressive a lot. He did have a turnover there that was kind of overpassing, but then he led to great passing, open assist, open three-pointer to Jamar Mark, who buried it. So this was his most complete game thus far. And as Kelvin Sampson touched on, he's a freshman. He'll be fine. Throughout this season, he's going to develop, continue to improve. I think we saw a glimpse of his total skill set today. And then we'll just keep keep playing games. We'll see how many times he does the rest of the season. Yeah, that, that word comfortable is the word that stuck out to me when I watched him play. And he was more assertive. No second guessing himself. Whatever decision he made, he made it quickly and assertively, whether it's taking a shot, whether it's making a pass, whether it's to drive and try to look for his own. And so um, those are the, the two things that stood out to me from Jared's performance, just being comfortable on the floor, looked like he was seeing the game well and being assertive in his decision making. Whatever he was doing, he was very assertive in doing so. And in, in our last episode, I talked about um, – when will we have a game where all three of our guards play well? And I think this was the game. I think all they three guards, it. yeah, it, it was it. All three guards played really well. The starting five played really well, all the double figures. But I think just that different element that we got when Jarris is aggressive really gives Houston uh, another level that they can um, get to. And you touched Chris, on the day on. Um, Coop starting five was all in double figures. First yeah. time ever against a Tony Bennett coach team, Virginia coach team, that the opponent starting five all scored in double figures. So very impressive. We think I like Chris because that that stat was exactly what I was about to go to. And a chime in from our, one of our watchers, one of our viewers, watching Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family streaming live on the Houston Roundball Review YouTube channel. NRG Texan said, we saw Jarris Walker today. Yeah, he's a freshman, but he made grown man plays today. Pressure three ball was nice, but that fatal bay rainbow over the defender was an empty. Move period. Wanna yeah. poke at Jarris looks like he got that mud in his blood that coach wanted him to get. I know we talked about that a few episodes ago, but let's touch on the guards and Dayon. You brought up that point. I, absolutely. This is at least so far early in the season, it's gotta be the most I mean complete's not the right word, but certainly the best performance all three guards have had at the same time early on the season. And it couldn't come at a better game when it comes to the high caliber opponent that they played. I think overall, Jamal Shetramon Mark. And Marcus Sasser, especially Sasser, kind of in the first half, he kind of helped give Houston that push as they made their rally and they created some separation heading into halftime. And then late, I mean, Tremont Mark and Jaros Walker as well, even Marcus Sasser, a couple times they were able to shut the door with key baskets when Virginia tried to make that rally towards the late of the second half. And Jamal Shedd was just kind of consistency overall. And he had some nice plays too to be able to stop the bleeding a lot of times when Virginia would try to make runs to get back in this game. The Cougs took turns. You know, Virginia, it's, that's what it seemed like. Virginia started out the game 9-zip. was not a great start, obviously, for the Cougs. But Marcus Sasser hit three threes. And then Jarris Walker kind of fit in. And then Jamal Shedd had his moments. And then Jamal closed it out from the foul line. So it was a good overall team win. 
we can pick at some defensive breakdowns here and there, which we I think everybody saw and noticed. Still got to get, get better communicating on high mm-hmm. screens and, and things like that. But 12th game of the season, I'm going to be petty. Guys, give me a second of being petty, okay? I'm glad the Cougs won this game to shut up all those haters out there who mm-hmm. say, well, you know, the Cougs don't play anybody in non-conference, you know. Who do they play? They don't play anybody in America, blah, blah, blah. Well, they won at second-rate Virginia today. Case closed. Yeah, and I think the guards play complementary um, basketball I, I, within each other and within the system because there were times where, well, Virginia's defense forced you to be patient in the pick and roll because they extended where the guard must dribble out an extra dribble. And then once they passed it down to Jairus in the middle, he can go two on one and where he made a lot of man, he made a lot of great decisions today, yeah. whether it's getting into his floater or creating for J1 and J1. He didn't really score much when they threw it down to him on the block one time that I could recall, but he was great in his activity and catching and finishing. And so, um, but the guards, man, they really played complimentary basketball with one another. It was times where early when Jamal, um, the team was struggling and he would just get inside, make a, make a floater. Or it was one time where Marcus, I think, missed his first two or three shots and Tremont got a pick and roll in which he got to his strong hair, broke down the defense and made a pass to a corner to the Marcus, got him a wide open look. They kind of jump started him. And so I think they all really played complimentary basketball together and complement each other, like Christian said, as far as not kind of taking turns, but whenever the play was there, each one of them made the play when it presented itself. And so um, I think the chemistry is still voting well, but one thing that stuck out to me is the rotation. Coach kind of played with it last week, and this week it was a totally different rotation. I'm sure we'll get into that um, whenever you want to get into it, Andy. For sure, and I think the the key for that game, I think if you look at the first five minutes when Virginia got out to that 9-0 lead, it kind of seemed like Houston was timid a bit. And, I mean, this was really their first, I guess you can count Oregon, and and, and Oregon was a much more different game, especially in terms of how the Ducks play defense against Houston. But Virginia, they looked like the more aggressive team for the first five minutes. And then after that first kind of media timeout, things just kind of switched. And really, Houston, like you said, it was kind of a mirror of the Alabama game. It looks like Houston kind of took that playbook because because it looked like they, they were spreading out, and that's really when they killed them, when they were able to get into the paint, whether it was off screens, being able to get, like you said, Dayon into Jarris Walker, who, I mean, he was sensational being able to be a playmaker once he caught the ball in the paint. He set up uh, J- Jawan Robertson. Even, I can't remember who was the one that set up JV or Francis, who really got things going whenever Houston started to, yeah. to make that comeback early on. I mean, that was interesting, too, because for the second straight game, let's get right into those rotations. Francis was the first players off the bench for Houston. And and like you alluded to, they only dumped down the ball once to Jawan Roberts in the post. And it, it did not look pretty. Um, he shot the hook shot and ended up going over the backboard. And I believe it hit the shot clock. Um, but they were able to settle down after that. And then from the guard perspective, Emmanuel Sharp, once again, the second, the first guard off the bench for Houston. No turns Arsenal in this game, which, you know, I found surprising. It, it surprised, I think. As of right now, December 17th, Coach Sampson plays the guys he's most comfortable with, okay? Mm-hmm. And Emmanuel Sharp has improved enough defensively to not be a, a major minus when he's on the floor, you know? And I'm not taking shots at the folks, but, you know, today was an example of Emmanuel not being a sniper, okay? That's how he took, he missed. Mm-hmm. But he had he was a good spacer. And his defense was solid. It wasn't an embarrassment of let's go at Emmanuel Sharp and 
and take turns beating beating him off the dribble. He did a good job defensively. Javier was first big off the bench, but then coach went to Reggie Chaney, and Reggie was more reliable, and I think coach just felt more comfortable with him against an experienced Virginia team. And that may change, you know, based on the opponents going forward. But I think Coach Santa played the guys he felt comfortable with. And Terrence Sarsto next week against McNeese may see more minutes. But today against Virginia, <laughs> Coach Sampson played who he felt most comfortable with. Yeah, I think that's well said. He definitely played who he felt most comfortable with. But I still think um, JVA could have a, had a bigger impact. Just, just his activity, he looks different when he's on the court. Like you can tell that if he would have played more minutes than he played, he would have had a bigger impact. But to um, Emmanuel getting those minutes off the bench, although he didn't score – I still think his his confidence offensively, of course, like Chris just alluded to, you have to do those things and prove that you're going to do those cultural things as far as give maximum effort on the defensive end and compete, et cetera, et cetera, to earn your minutes. But I think the the confidence that he he brings them offensively and probably the consistency, because I, I just from what he's put on film, I'm sure on it's enough tape that you know that he has the ability and the confidence to let it go and, and to make it. And so. Um, I'm not sure um, if there's something we go. I know it's a game-to-game basis, but I, I think he has proven that, and I think he can continue to build on that as he's continuing to kind of find his role because now his role seems to have changed a little bit. And so as he settles in, I think he'll start to um, having a more and more impact. But um, no, no Ramon Walker today as well. And so Coach Sampson still um, pulling the strings and, and kind of painting the picture for what this team is to come because it's only 12 games in and he's still kind of defining the roles and kind of letting the players define the roles with their play. So that's another making of a great coach as well. That's, and that's a great point. On the season. Sorry, Andy, to cut you off. It, it, it's okay. early in the season, but it's a great point Dion made that coach is, pl- is playing the players or he played the players who really earn the minutes in practice. So that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's it's not a dig at other players, but you're seeing Emmanuel. We have to take it and assume that Emmanuel's getting 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 things done in practice to deserve the minutes and to move ahead of Ramon Walker and right now Terrence Arsenal for game minutes. Competition makes things better. So if you're not getting it done in practice, then what do you need to do to get minutes in the games? Do better in practice. So Emmanuel Sharp is seeing that. And plus, Emmanuel was healthy. You know, he went through a, a few nicks and issues earlier in the season where he didn't get a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Minutes. So he's improved month to month. I think he's a good example of what Coach Sampson wants from the team month to month. Improvement from October to November, November to December. We're midway through December, and then we'll see the team get better in January and then onward. But it's, it's a good building block. It's a good win for the team's confidence, if that was ever lacking without doubt from a Kelvin Sampson team, a good road win at Virginia, the second-ranked team in the country. The Cougs pretty much dominated the second half except for a two-minute, mm-hmm. you know, stubbing of toes. Yep. That game was pretty much in hand for the whole second half. That is very impressive for this team because the Cougs are still young mm-hmm. so in a lot of key spots. So this is a, a building block win for them going forward. And that's the job to do. Just keep building on it going forward. And I like King Jaja's comment about Jerry's. He definitely looked confident. But like Christian said, I don't think the confidence never really goes anywhere. I think he's always confident. I just don't know if he's as assertive and and 
sure of himself as far as what to make, what is what to do, what to shoot, what to pass. And today it was no second guessing. He made tough shots, especially off the one comment we had that fadeaway. That was an NBA shot, one hundred percent. And so as long as he just doesn't overthink the game, I think maybe it's slowing down for him a little bit more. I think, I mean, he's going to continue to develop. That's a great point. And I think being comfortable is part of And I think he's trying to figure out the best way to fit. Yeah. You know, being one of the yeah. new faces on the team, mm-hmm. he might have a lot. He has a lot of talent based on ranking stars, all those kind of things. But, but he still has to fit on the team. And I think that's what he's trying to do. And today was his best example of fitting offensively and defensively. Real quick, I do like to remind everyone that's viewing or listening to the audio-only versions that this is Let's Rage Kooks presented by the Saxinian family. The Saxinian family, the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Kooks throughout the remainder of the regular season for the men's basketball season, as well as into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Once again, thank you for to helping us and tuning in with the unofficial Houston postgame show of men's basketball and football. And a big shout out to our sponsors, starting with H-O-U-N-I-L, who are making their debut as a sponsor on today's episode. And big shout out to Ryan Monceau, who's kind of the brains behind H-O-U-N-I-L and GoCougs.com. And GoCougs.com just tweeted out that Houston moves back to number one in the Ken, Ken Palm ratings uh, with this big win over Virginia. But on that note, I do like to give a shout out to H-O-U-N-I-L, who, like I mentioned, is making their debut. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to their athletes' name, image, and likeness compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over the University of Houston, where NIL is still in its infancy. But you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, videos, podcasts, and get access to private events with UH players. Players are compensated for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives. Plans start at just $20 a month, and that money helps the Cougars retain players to stay at the top in basketball and mill and build momentum in football. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from Cougar athletes. Subscribe today at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And as always, go Cougs. And also a big shout-out to our sponsors, with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. Again, they are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials with the Anthony Jones, Sack Ave, and Big Hawk. If you've seen throughout our early shows in the football season, they were promoting Star Pizza, who is another one of our sponsors with various locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to check them out online at starpizza.net and check out the amazing items they have available in their individual restaurants. Chris, I'm going to toss it over to you because, honestly, I, I didn't notice Joe Mendez, again, watching live on YouTube. So did anybody notice that Terrence had what looked like a breast, brace on his right leg? And he, he speculated on that. I did not notice that, but we haven't heard anything in regards to, to injury with Arsenal. I did notice that. I, I saw him. The one time I saw him on the bench, he was already standing up. So I didn't see him with, mm-hmm. a, with a brace on his leg at all. I had heard anything from the team about an injury or anything of that sort. Well, we can find out, you know, reach out to the department and see if they'll tell us. But, uh, you know, I think I still believe, barring injury, Terrence Arsenal's shot is still kind of come and go right now. And right lately, it's, it's been not been good. So he may not, got a, may not have got a lot of minutes today anyway because of 
his inner experience. And we really need to, for now, Emmanuel Sharp's time being with the program since January, I think gives him a definite advantage over Terrence. You know, he's been there almost a year to learn the culture, learn the game, be more comfortable in his, his skin. And then, as Dayon says, just look more confident and comfortable on the floor than Terrence is. Terrence has been here half the time that Emmanuel has. And I think that makes a difference. And another thing that I was just thinking about is, like you just mentioned, he was here longer, but he had the opportunity to kind of sit on the bench while Terrence got those early minutes in which to get those mental reps and, and had the opportunity to add more and learn more mentally. And then now that he's inserted into the lineup even more, he can tie that mental up with the physical as far as what he learned over that period of time. And now that gives Terrence the opportunity to kind of sit back and look at the game from a different lens. But all this is just into developing and letting your players develop in their role because, like Coach Sim says, um, often each game will tell its own story. If you watch it, it'll tell you what to do. And so I'm sure there are going to be games going down the line where Terrence comes off the bench and has a huge impact and continues to show his development. But I think as Coach Sampson still just figuring out what each player have and what they can bring to this year's team and letting them define their role. And so, um, I mean, cool fans don't overreact. It's Coach Sampson just working his magic and seeing what's best for this team. And the team played, still played, let me see, eight eight or nine guys? Yep. Yeah. So just think about Mo Walker didn't play, Terrence didn't play, how deep this team is. (laughs) Okay, so it's, there might be case in point today. There will be games where your coach does not go 10 deep or, or 11 deep. Because as Dayon says, the coach Sampson says, it wasn't warranted in that particular matchup. It might be different the next game to go 10 deep. But today, against an experienced Virginia team, he went with the guys he thought to get the job done, that he trusted more. An eight-man rotation and a tough outing in hostile territory against Virginia. I want to kind of transition over to the defensive side of things and how you guys, what you guys saw from the Cougars in that aspect. Because when you look at the stats, you know Virginia again, like you mentioned, they got off to a pretty hot start. It looked like they couldn't miss early on in the first half. Not only jumping up to that 9-0 advantage, but then also being able to respond when Houston had cut it to two. But overall for the game, Houston was able to hold them to just 41.7 shooting from the field, 20 of 48 uh, from the field goal percentage or field goal shooting overall. And they were just six of 22 from three after starting three of six. That's an overall 27.3, three point shooting field goal percentage. Just overall, how do you guys feel like Houston did being able to contain Virginia? I don't know you guys mentioned, well, for the most part, they controlled most of this game, except towards that you know, two, three minute stretch towards the end of the second half. The defense to start the game was not good. <laughs> was not good enough. It was Virginia got a lot of, and, and this is a, a thing I've noticed and noticing. First half, especially tonight, was another example of it. The Cougs went too many, went for too many shot fakes. Too many pump mm. fakes. Jamal Shea gave up a, he went for the pump fake. Kia Clark hit a three-pointer with the shot clock winding down. Jamal, just stay on, the, on your feet. Stay on the floor. Don't go, The clock is winding down. You know Kia Clark has to shoot the ball. <laughs> so pump fake it. You know, things like that happened in the first half too much. They did a better job of staying on the floor not going for those fakes in the second half. And they did not allow as many open looks for Virginia. The Cougs did a better job of contesting the jumpers. And percentages say if you contest the shot, get a hand up, more times than not, that player is going to shoot a lower percentage than they do against open, wide open looks. 
Chris hit it right on the head. They contested all the shots um, early on. They were going to too many pump fakes. I'm sure Coach Sampson and the staff probably got the team to look um, hone in on the scouting report, know which players to run out on it, contest. Because I'm hearing certain stats during the game, like certain some of the players are strictly three point shooters. And so I'm sure that they kind of settled down a little bit, paid attention to the scouting report, and they really just played on a string and they played with together. I mean, great rotations. You got a couple of lapses, but that's just good ball movement, good offense. But overall, I think the defense just really played together, and it's always spirit harder by the guards. I think the way they pressure the basketball with is Jamal and Marcus, the way they kind of speed up those guards, not allow them to get into their sets comfortably, and then with the traps and the rotations, it kind of speeds up the opposing team in their half-court set, and it forces them to be patient and really execute and Houston, I mean, it's tough, especially when they're really contesting every single shot. There's not many open shots. And so they did a great job of just playing tough team defense and um, getting out to the shooters because um, Virginia did not shoot the ball well. And Houston actually rebounded um, the ball really well today. And so that was another thing that Houston had in their favor. But Virginia's are typically – not typically, but they're all a smaller team versus some of the teams that Houston played this year. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned Houston out-rebounded Virginia 30-26 to overall for the game, and they also had a slight edge in the offensive rebounding category when they finished 7-6, to just narrowly being able to out-rebound Virginia. But that was key, too. And one of, It was under the four-minute mark, I believe, when Houston answered. I think – I can't remember exactly when. I think it had been when Houston scored the 54th point, and Tremont Mark got the offensive rebound and, and they got a second chance opportunity out of it. And just, just saw this tweet from Jamal, from Jamal Shed, Jarris Walker. That's it. That's the tweet at Jarris W. So uh, Jamal Shed knows shouting out to freshmen. But before we transition, once again, I'd like to remind everyone that this is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Sexenian family. Sexenian family is the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cooks for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Also give a shout out to our other sponsors, beginning with Hoop and Harder, the Houston Cougars, Micro Collective. They are behind those Star Pizza commercials who Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Both Coupon Holler and Star Pizza have been a sponsor of Let's Rage Cook since day one with multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to check out Houston's best pizza since 1976. And if you're in a rush, be sure to order online first. And also a shout out to H-O-U-N-I-L. Once again, HOUNIL.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. HOUNIL helps Houston student-athletes benefit from the new NIL rules. Athletes create con- original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the- That money goes to UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on the national stage. Be sure to subscribe at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. Looking ahead at the road Houston has, they're beginning to wind down. There's only one non-conference game left in the season, and that comes Wednesday, 7 p.m. inside of the Fertitta Center against McNeese before they open up the American Athletic Conference play on December 28th at Tulsa. So really, this was a huge opportunity for Houston to not to look ahead and over McNeese, but really Virginia was the, the biggest challenge, biggest opponent left uh, in the non-conference slate, and they were able to get an impressive win on the road in hostile territory. And like you said, Chris, take off that stigma that had they lost to Virginia, it would have been well when they played tough opponents in Alabama and Virginia, they couldn't get it done. 
it's a big win. It's, it's a quadrant one win, and that won't go away. You know, Virginia being in ACC, being an upper tier of the ACC, should not fall too – I doubt they fall out of the quadrant one part. And plus there's a road win as well, so that helped also in the metrics. It's a good, solid win. McNeese Coach Sampson will treat McNeese like any other game, any other opponent. Should be a win. It's a home game for the Cougs. Should be a big win. So, but he won't see it that way. You know, take every opponent as as it is and respect the opponent. And that's key to maintaining the culture of the program. Respect every opponent. But it's a big win today for the Cougs at Virginia. And then after that conference play, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of great teams in the American, but it's still a team mm-hmm. that if you don't play well, especially on the road, that they can beat you. But first things first. Win that big niece and then focus on closing out the last season in the American after that. Real quickly down before tossing it over to you, Houston now currently three and one in quad one games this season. And people forget that Kent State currently is considered a quad one opponent. Kent State, Alabama, Virginia, who else? St. Mary's on the neutral site was considered a quad one game too. Yeah, I think this was a big win, uh, really for the psyche. I think of the team. I, I know they probably won't admit it, but when you lose a tough game at home to Alabama, then you playing another top ranked team. You want to have that psyche, knowing that you can beat these teams. You know that you can compete. I don't think there's ever any question or any doubt whether you compete, but you want to prove that this year's team that you can win those type games, especially on the road. I think that bodes well for the psyche of the team. It just gives them more confidence going forward. I think now you look at the schedule coming up, Nick State won't be too tough of a game. I think they should handle them. Then you get into the nitty-gritty of the American, which, like Chris said, there are not a lot of great teams, but a lot of teams there are going to be looking to compete. And they're going to be teams looking to knock off Houston. Houston's going to be the higher, highest-ranked team. I'm sure Memphis probably gets some rankings after they beat Auburn and barely lost to Alabama, so I expect them to move up into the top 25. But other than that, Houston's going to be the biggest draw on, on a game-to-game basis. But this team, another thing on offensively that they did well today, they had really good spacing, a lot of room mm-hmm. for their for their guards to penetrate um, and kick it to the outside. And so they had great spacing, great movement, great ball movement, and also – they did a good job of getting out in transition. One time, Jaywan got um, a boy, a great outlet pass to Marcus. He really was a one-man fast break, finished on the left side, got fouled, made the end one. And so they continue to do those things offensively, play fast when the opportunity presents itself, move the ball in the half court and not get too stagnant and play complementary each other with, with the guards. Uh, this team is going to be hard to beat, especially with Jarris. Is playing more assertive, more getting gaining more confidence. Man, I, this team is going to be really, really good um, by the time next year comes around, the calendar year. And and real quick, uh, receive word: Terrence is not injured. So I reached out to the coach on the team, and, and Terrence is not injured. So we have to say that because there's no <laughs> Andy was not able to be in Virginia, so we don't have post game. I'm not sure if there's going to be any post-game video anywhere, you know, on the UH site or anyone else there. So we'll just give you what we got and how the info we can get, you know, as best we can for this game. For sure. And don't remind me about that road thing. But we'll do it, like you said. Wasn't your fault, what man. We got. 
You know? Absolutely, but regardless, the show must go on, and that's exactly what we're doing here on a Saturday afternoon for Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxanian family. We'll do our final reads and kind of close things out and put a bow on this game against number two, Virginia. First, we do need to shout out our sponsor, starting with H-O-U-N-I-L, which, like I said throughout the show, they are the debut, or it is their debut show, being sponsors of Let's Rage Cougs, and they will be a season-long sponsor sponsor for the rest of the men's basketball season and even that one ball game that the football team will play in less than a week but beginning with HRU NIL as the Cougars move to the Big 12 Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas Baylor Texas Tech and more those schools have fans that have built out huge name image and likeness group to get their athletes NIL compensation that gives them a huge advantage over the University of Houston where NIL is still in its infancy but you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved be sure to go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe for player-created content like essays, videos, podcasts, and even get access to private events with U of H players. Players are compensating for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives. So it's a win-win for both sides, and plans start at just $20 a month, and that money helps the Cougars retain players to stay at the top in basketball and help build momentum in football. HRUNIL.com. Be sure to visit them, HRUNIL.com. Once again, if subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from the Cougars athletes, subscribe today at HOUNIL.com. And be sure, as always, to say go Cougs in regards to the Cougar family. Cougs helping Cougs. But, Chris, in regards to – no, I forgot. About Still one more read. Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They've been with us since day one, and they are the entity behind those star pizza commercials with DeAnthony Jones, Big Hawk, and – our other sponsor for today's episode, Star Pizza, with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to check out Houston's best pizza since 1976, and be sure to visit them on the web at starpizza.net. That's starpizza.net. You can even order online. But Chris, looking ahead, if you had to nitpick, and maybe not nitpick, but if there's one area of concern or maybe one weakness that Virginia really hurt the Cougars, what, what would that have been after following this game? First half, probably the um, the passes, the over-the-top pass to the big man in the paint when the mm-hmm. crews didn't rotate, didn't communicate, and that was an issue a little bit. But it seemed to be corrected. main thing was the crews, I think some of these younger guys, they don't talk well enough. They don't talk enough. They don't communicate mm-hmm. well enough on where you're supposed to be in the defensive coverage because you could, we can see it when it breaks down. But when it's clicking, when everybody's on – the same string, you can tell. No breakdowns. Everybody's rotations are tight. But man, when it's when there's a breakdown in it, and somebody gives up an easy layup or or an over the top pass, somebody was supposed to rotate to that and be there to defend that. So that is an issue, which you expect to have from younger teams and teams with inexperience. So that's something to go going forward that they can fix. Down. What about on your end? Yeah, I think turnovers. I think some of them are live ball turnovers, which Virginia was able to get out and get some transition buckets. But when Houston takes care of the ball offensively and doesn't give um, their opposing teams transition opportunities and opportunities to score without their defense set, then they're even harder to beat. And so I think turnovers early, well, late in the game, well, that, was, that comes to mind is Houston just has to clean up. If they can just take care of the ball and not give some of those turnovers, then 
Um, they, they were fouling a lot, too. I don't know if it's the referees, however the game is being called. Houston was called for a lot of fouls. And so just, just things like that. You don't want opposing team taking a lot of free throws, especially if they're a really good free throw shooting team. And so you got to play tough, sound defense, not turn it over. It's all things coaches going to say all the time. But, I mean, you, you really got to do it. And, and if they can do those things, get those turnovers down even more, then especially late in the game, a Jamal turnover, that was the turnover you really can't see from your point guard. I'm sure Coach Sampson mm -hmm. is really going to light into him about that because especially just from that position and, and that person who holds such a huge responsibility on the team. But, um, yeah, those, those are a couple of things that, that Virginia was able to take advantage of to keep them kind of in the game towards the end. And that's a great point. That's one of the categories of Virginia actually exploded here, ended up winning or having an advantage over Houston. Despite having more turnovers than the Cougars, Virginia had 12 points off of Houston's eight turnovers, while Houston was only able to turn Virginia's 10 turnovers into nine points. So that's something that the Cavaliers had an edge in. And like you alluded to, Dayon, and what King Jaja mentioned, that steal by Clark on Shed can't happen. I think that was the one that cut it to just six and really woke up that crowd in Virginia and, and gave the Cavaliers a bit of an, an – really, they were right in the game with just under four minutes to, to go. But that's something to clean up. But as we start to wind things down, once again, the final score, Houston comes out victorious 69-61. to 61. The one other thing I did want to add, that's a great point in regard to the foul and it goes back to Chris what you alluded to in regards to staying on their feet I mean this game in particular towards the end Houston was able to have kind of that eight points ten point cushion for for after once they got onto the three minute mark but Jamal Shedd had three fouls Juwan Roberts had three fouls Walker had three fouls and Reggie Chaney fouled out with five that's something that in a much closer game could come back and bite Houston and that's the issue they, they have to do a better job of for the for most of the game they did a good job of it defending without fouling mm -hmm. and and it's it's on the players to adjust to how the game is called you know you cannot blame the refs if you hold <laughs> if you got beat on the perimeter and then try to play catch up and tug on the jersey that's a foul that's your fault that's not the ref's fault that's you getting beat and trying to recover so they got to do a better job of defending without fouling. And we're talking about we're finding the little things to improve upon in an eight-point road win over the sec second-rate team in the country. That's good to do to learn from a win. It's great to do that, learning from a win. Another thing that games like this and early in the season, you get those opportunities because there's going to be times later on in a conference, particularly probably in the tournament, where you get in foul trouble and some of these younger players – whether it's Terrence, whether it's Emmanuel, whether it's Ramon, whether it's um, JVA, have those early year experience and be ready for the moment. And so as Coach Sampson still plays with the lineup, still plays with the rotation, still kind of figuring out what role is going to be defined in this team's year, you always got to be ready because you never know how the game is going to come about, especially when tournament time and, and even conference play comes about. Absolutely. And once again, final score, Houston comes out victorious 69 to 61 on a Saturday afternoon showdown up in Charlottesville, Virginia. Joe, uh, Jarris Walker, the freshman, finished with 17 points and seven rebounds for Houston. He also had four assists and Marcus Asser, Jamal, Marcus Asser, Jamal Mark each had 13 points each. Jamal Shedd had 11 points and Jawan Roberts had 
10. Like I said earlier in the show, Houston's next opponent will be Wednesday night against McNeese home game to finish the non-conference slate before they have a, a week off and they prepare for the American Athletic Conference opener, the final American Athletic Conference opener for the Houston Cougars men's basketball team. And it'll open up on the road against Tulsa December 28th. But, Chris, I'll toss it over to you. As always, thank you for allowing us to use your platform here on the Houston Rombar Review YouTube channel for the streaming of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Where can people find you and any final points you'd like to add? It's always my pleasure to be a part of Let's Rage Cougs and having it on the Houston Rombar Review channel. Onward and upward, it's good to be part of the unofficial post game for Houston Cougars men's basketball and football. And we're going to do bigger and better things going forward in the Big 12 as well, because as far as we know, we're one of the few outlets where a team potentially in the Big 12 does post-game shows. So we're trying to do better going and forward, and we will. But you can find me on HoustonRoundBarReview.com, HoustonRoundBarReview on Instagram. Twitter is VHRReview. So take away from the game, big road win. Good to see Jarris Walker play his most complete game of his young college career. He seemed really comfortable on both ends of the court, offensively and defensively, and that's a good building block for him and the team going forward. Dayan, where can people find you, sir? Find me on all social media platforms at Dayan Dunlap. Glad to be a part of this great show. As we continue to grow, it's only going to get bigger and better, so you better join um, and jump on board while you can. But um, great win. Like Christian said, great win. I think the team needed it. Um, I think this team is just about to go on the road now. I, I'm looking at the schedule. I think things are about to start unfolding. Houston, we have to go on a long road, a long road, a winning streak right now. And oh, we got to take it a game at a time, though. Not looking ahead. Got to take it a game at a time. But this one was uh, definitely a great sign to get a top five win over an undefeated team. We give them the first loss of the season. All five started at double figures, so it was a well-rounded game um, completely from the entire team. And on my end, you can find me on Twitter at Aon is underscore five. And more importantly, be sure to follow us on YouTube in regards to Pod Jamma. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. We're just short of 600 subscribers. Once again, we're still on the road to 1,000, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube. As you see on the screen, that's P-A-W-D-S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A on YouTube. And as always, if you're interested in being a sponsor here for Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, be sure to hit us up at letsragecougs at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Let's Rage Cougs and on Twitter at Pod Slam Jamma. As always, this has been a presentation for Let's Rage Cougs. Once again, Chris, thank you for allowing us to use your platform like you mentioned. It's only girl girl once we get into the Big 12 because, I mean, just look at last week when Houston and Alabama, that postgame show, did over now 2.1 thousand views and counting. So we're continuing to grow onward and upward, as we always say. Once again, the final score from Charlottesville, Houston, victorious against number two, Virginia, number five, Houston, victorious over number two, Virginia, 69 to 61. And Houston will be back and will be back Wednesday night following Houston's game against McNeese. Thank you, guys. And as always, we'll see you next time. Go Cougs.